Namaste, my friends. Welcome to episode three of the Happy Jack Yoga podcast. We're so honored to be here with all of you, many of you joining us live. Uh, we've got Diana, Elizabeth, Jewel, Mariana, Sandra, Tammy, and Alice all joining us live from all different parts of the world. And just really such a joy to be here with you. You know, and, and it's 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 really just the beginning. And in a way, we are very much fumbling our way uh, through this this podcast. You know, I know from my experience, well, I know Han and I, we felt that like, oh, this is gonna be just so simple because we're so used to facilitating yoga teacher training in Zoom. I'm sure it's the same thing to just do a podcast. And it's and in, you know, there's similarities, but there's a lot of differences as well. And so I know for, and the easy thing is to, you know, for myself, beat myself up and be like, oh man, you know, for, for me, episode two is like, I felt like I was all over the place. Um, and thankfully we have this culture of can I? And so Hannah, you know, we really got to take some time after the last episode and uh, we received feedback from, from students, from all of you. Um, but then also just got to reflect, how can we, how can we be better? How can we serve better? How can we bring more, more structure? Uh, and I'm excited uh, because Hanna is bringing some structure to the conversation today, which is interesting because normally I'm the I'm like the structure guy, but you're you're the you're the one who's really bringing some structure to the conversation. Um, and yeah, I just I feel so excited to be here. I feel like there's a lot to celebrate, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but before before we jump to some logistics, some announcements, and some celebrations, Hanna, what is what is on your mind? What is on your heart right now? Well, I'm grateful to be here together with all of you and talking about like the structure of the podcast. I've been thinking about it, and now I listen differently to all the podcasts that I listen to and. And I noticed that I want to listen to them because I feel like I'm hanging out with my friends, like when I listen to the podcasts. And, and, I, and I think that most of the people who are here live have the similar feeling about like when we come to these calls, like we host calls like this many times every week. And I think that most of us are drawn together because it feels like we're hanging with our people. And mm -hmm creating a podcast is different than receiving one <laughs> I'm learning. So yeah, that's what I'm kind of contemplating on how that is for people who are listening. And yeah, I mean, I listen to our podcasts after we record them just because I'm curious to see how it went and what we said and, and also to find a way to do better and yeah, so that's what's on my mind right at this moment. That's that's awesome. I I love that you're able to listen back to our podcast. Honestly, I'm not able to. I'm I'm so I'm I'm just calling myself out here. I'm so critical of myself, even though I'm really working on letting go of criticism and letting go of self-judgment. I actually just know that I'm I'm quite critical and I'll just be like, oh my goodness, that's so I, I suck, or you know what, some version of that. And so it's um but I'm really happy that you're going back and listening. And, and like you say, it, it really is a conversation. It really feels like we're here with friends. Like right now, you know, I can see Jules smiling face and I see uh, Alice and Scott are, you know, preparing lunch in their kitchen. Tammy's chilling at home in New York. Diana's on the road in the UK. Elizabeth's at her, her office there or her home in Colorado. And 
and it really does feel like we're we're amongst friends and that's what we want to we want to really create that balance of like how can we make it feel like this is a conversation you know we are here with friends and at the same time bring some intention and some structure to the conversation so it's not just you know small talk but rather you know really digging into some some cool topics that being said um we do have some celebrations and something you know something that we love to do whenever we're leading zoom calls whether it's our thursday business of yoga mastermind or whatever it happens to be is to start off with celebrations because it gets us in that you know resourceful state uh, just focusing on things that are going well things that are amazing and something that we are celebrating right now is a friend of ours a fellow student of ours who happens to be here live with us right now in fact i'm going to spotlight her for a second for those on video has just written her first book it is called rethinking alcohol through the eight limbs of yoga you know we're gonna we're gonna go crazy and be spontaneous here uh, as we're figuring out the podcast we're gonna bring elizabeth on even though she had no idea we were gonna call on her <laughs> you know this just arrived last night and you know thank you so much for the book for the beautiful message um as you know i had the opportunity to read it uh, in advance and would you share with us elizabeth you know for what was your inspiration for for creating something like this because i think that all of us you know can really think because uh, we all have goals and ideas and projects and, and some of you may also want to write a book or you might have a completely different project but i guess what was what was your inspiration to, to create this because i know that this was not was not easy it definitely took a lot of dedication and focus where did the inspiration come from yeah thank you yeah i i didn't know i was going to be on the podcast um a couple of things. One, I've just always been a writer, so it's very natural for me as I'm going through something to to start to jot down ideas and tell a story. That's always been pretty innate. Um, and two, I'm coming up on two years since I really truly said goodbye to alcohol, and I'm noticing the further out I get, those memories of how things used to be are starting to get a little fuzzy, you know, and I thought I better capture the story while it's that that's it's a recent past because it's gonna you know the memories are gonna fade this is a new reality and this is my new reality now and I'm so happy so I thought it was important to capture what it used to be like because that's that's what people that's what people find helpful you know where were you and how did you get through this phase so that was the second thing and then the third inspiration was just my yoga teacher training with happy jack and with happy hana and seeing the parallels, even though I quit drinking by the time I took my yoga teacher training, I had been doing yoga throughout that four-year sober curious journey. And there were just all these aha moments as I went through my training of just, oh, that's why that had that impact. Oh, that's why I was listening to my body more. There were just, just so many light bulb moments of why this practice had gotten me to where I was. So I wanted to capture that and hopefully help other people on that journey. I love that. That's in that, that last sentence is so key. Hopefully help other people. You know, I mean, I think that's, that's something that many of us share. You know, I look around and see the beautiful souls who are here. And I know that was part of the community listening, you know, just this desire to, to want to pay it forward and to help others. And that's, you know, it's definitely who you are, Elizabeth, and, and it's definitely what this book is capable of. Um, it's, it's fantastic. And we'll, we'll share a link in the notes um, for those. If you want to pick up a copy on Amazon, please do. And, and really, um, 
I love that you share about, you know, kind of capturing those memories. And that just reminds me of this, the importance of journaling, which I know for you, Hanna, is something, it's been a practice for you, something you've taught and practiced. And, you know, going back to episode one, when we shared like that day that my parents' house caught fire, uh, you know, thankfully most of the stuff, pretty much all the, most of the stuff in my bedroom was okay. And there's about a dozen or so journals and, and I, I'm not so consistent anymore, but, you know, going back, you know, what, I, just as I was getting sober to, to finding yoga, to, you know, leaving my career, I was very consistent at journaling. And, and I one day look forward to going back and, and reading those journals when I have time and, and who knows whether it turns into a book or at least um, just a memory because as the years pass, we forget. And, and, and then of course, so maybe we journal because it turns into books, uh, but even for most of the time we're writing, it doesn't. There's just something about taking the time to write. I mean, would you share a little bit, Hanna? You know, there's the, we, we've done gratitude journaling, but there's also the, the morning pages that we've done at some of our yoga teacher trainings. I guess, what is, what is your understanding? Why, why take the time to journal? Well, I think like the way I journal right now, mostly is my journal, um, actually is related to therapy. So when I meet with my therapist also over like a Zoom like platform like this, I often have insights and um, it's almost like I want to write down what we said so I can look back to it. And then also I think it's like a little bit of what Elizabeth is saying about how there's a journey that I'm kind of trying to document. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not in that moment, maybe able to see a journey when I take the notes, but I do it for the purpose of possibly later on being able to connect some dots. Yeah. And there's many way of many ways of doing that. Like not everybody is verbal like that. And I guess that's what you were also pointing at Jack. Like when we teach, it's part of a couple of our trainings is to start journaling as a part of the training. And, and so I did some research and I noticed that there's many ways to journal. And one of them could be to make doodles or, write down things you heard like not necessarily like sometimes it's difficult to say like okay today I woke up and then I did this like it can feel overwhelming to try to like recount a day or even your thoughts but um I forget what the name of maybe Elizabeth you remember where you divide a page in four and then you write down four different things like one thing you noticed one thing someone said that you heard and then you could make a doodle of any kind. It doesn't have to be like a draw, drawn out picture. And then there was a Ford thing. Do you remember the name of that type of journaling? I think it was named after the person who created it, but I don't remember her name, but mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And anyways, that's one way of journaling. That's really fun. And also like, even if it doesn't have the story of like what the weather is like and what I'm feeling like today, I noticed that when I had done it and I went back to a page that I had made, the day came back alive in me. Like I remembered everything about that time in my life. And so it's really exciting to see, because I think like life happens fast, right? Like Mm -hmm. at least 
I think all of us, we are so busy and all the impressions that our nervous system receives, whether it's internal or external, like even if we don't go on social media, we do get a lot of insights and input and to digest all of that and to keep some of it and let go of some of it, journaling could be kind of like a mindfulness practice, just like Mm -hmm. yoga asana or meditation. Yeah, I love that. And there's something, I guess, for me being in school now, being a student, something that I I find myself in the practice of as I sit in lectures, as I sit in classes, I'm just like nonstop taking notes. So I'm basically like transcribing what the teacher says, what the students say. And I don't know why I have, I'm not sure the, the science behind it. I'm not doing it for some certain reason, but there's something about it helps me to learn. It's like I'm hearing the information and I'm just like writing it down, writing down the concepts, the ideas. 99.9% of the time, I don't go back and look at the notes, but I feel like it helps me remember. So there is something about like actually grabbing a book and a pen, getting it on paper. Uh, And in some cases, as it has with Elizabeth, it turns into a book, which is now officially launched And uh, so again, it's called Rethinking Alcohol Through the Eight Limbs of Yoga. And I just, you know, something I want to say, we mention this often in our our community, uh, because some some yogis like, you know, Elizabeth, myself, and several others have have made the decision to to eliminate alcohol from our lives. Um, And it's it's very much helped us. But at the same time, you know, just want to make it clear, we're not here to preach that like everybody needs to do this or that, because, you know, we're all on our own journey. But, you know, really, whether whether a person is already completely sober or they are curious about it, or even if, if you just simply love yoga and you're interested in the eight limbs of yoga, you're going to get you're going to get value from this conversation. And what the other thing I just want to quickly say about the book is that it was it was so enjoyable to read. Like I got a lot of books on the shelf here and, and I know there's a lot of good information in many of them and some of them are just so big and just not so easy to read. And so it requires a lot of effort to get through it, at least for, for my small brain. But what I love is that like this, I sat down in one sitting, you know, and just like consumed it, was inspired, you know, got to share my experience with you, Elizabeth. And so thank you for making it accessible. And that's like really for us, that's such a, that's such a beautiful, that's just such a success story. That's such a win um, to see, you know, students like yourself and everybody in their own way is, uh, is, is uh, creating these beautiful projects, but it's just such a beautiful thing to see. And I see Alice celebrating uh, as well. And, and, and she happens to have her name uh, on the back. She's also given it a written testimonial. So uh, let's send so much love, high vibes to Elizabeth representing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for being here. All right. So with that being said, and here's where, I mean, that's an example of where we're just going to try different things because what this, that's actually what we do, right, Hannah, in our normal sharing circles is we engage with the community. We bring people on and, and engage with them. And that's, that's our comfort zone. And that's what we love to do. So I'm glad we gave that a test uh, as we navigate our way through podcasting. But now, Hanna, back over to you. Would you um, kind of open up the conversation today? Where do we where do we want to take this? Yeah, I find that like on this topic of like 
hanging out with our friends. And the reason why we come to these calls, and not just you and I, Jack, but anyone who's interested really, um, is because we discuss things that are happening in our lives. And, and what's fun about your life, I find right now, Jack, and I, I hear it from our students and our community, how interesting, like, it's interesting for people to hear what it's like to be at Harvard, where you are, you're doing a master's in divinity. And it's been a journey for you to get in to Harvard, like you studied and did all kinds of hoops and loops to get in. And now you're doing your second year. And I thought about this quote that we often say in the yoga circles, especially those of us who love taking teacher trainings. Um, we say that we're always a student and sometimes a teacher, right? And and I want to like kind of ask you, Jack, first of all, what that quote makes you think about. And then also like, how is it going? Like you're a student, what is it like to become a student in your forties? And what have you learned about yourself that would be interesting for people who are not at Harvard to hear? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Great questions. I, first, I just want to say, you know, like you say, it, it was took a lot of hoops and loops to get in. You know, it, it, it actually took me two years. I apply, as you know, Hanna, right? I, I worked really hard and to prepare myself and I got all the letters of recommendation and wrote the essays and did the prep the studying in advance. And eagerly, you know, I thought, oh yeah, they're going to love my application. Didn't get in. Right. And so that, you know, that happens in life that that's happened to me many times as a yoga teacher where I want to you know, teach at a certain studio and they're not interested in me. So like these kind of rejection is part of life, but I really see it, you know, certainly in, in hindsight, it's so easy to see that it happened for a reason. You know, I was I wasn't ready. We weren't ready. Our, our community, our, our yoga school wasn't in a place where I was able to take that much time away. And so having that whole extra year to 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 prepare the yoga school and happy jack yoga and, and myself um so anyways just want to say that it wasn't easy uh, a lot of work uh, a lot of a lot of people helped make that happen um but why why being a student i feel like it's so important you know like like you say forever a student sometimes a teacher like there's that cliche saying that whether you know yoga is one percent theory and 99 percent practice and, uh, and what we can say the same about music or really anything that we want to develop. And so we need to get that theory. We need to get that, that information, but then it's really putting it into practice. And, and I guess if I, ref- I haven't thought of it, but if I reflect back on my life, like I guess I've always been seeking to learn and seeking to grow. So in my twenties, you know, I went and studied engineering, you know, and for more superficial reasons, really it was, what's a good career where I can make lots of money. That's it. And, and make my dad proud. So that's, you know, that was my driving force in my early twenties or or late teens really. Um, And then, and then in thirties now it's like, okay, well now I have a career working for John Deere. How can I continue to grow? How can I step into a leadership role? So then in thirties went and did an MBA master of business. Um, And, 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 
so even though um, that's not the focus of what I'm studying now, that's like where I was at that stage of life. And now here in my 40s, you know, coming back and doing Master of Divinity, which you know, I get lots of questions about because traditionally Master of Divinity is where, you know, somebody goes to become a pastor or a minister or, a, you know, a chaplain or something. And although, yes, you can become that with a degree, there's so much more possible. Like it's really what I love here about Harvard Divinity School is it's, it's so diverse, it's so pluralistic, which means people are open to all of the different faith traditions and paths. And so just being in this environment with Buddhist students and Muslim students and Hindu students and Christian students and lots of atheists and lots of people who are here for social justice work. You know, it's like this collective of people with different interests which is really the reality of the world, the reality of our country, the reality of, you know, everywhere, right? The reality of our community. We have, we have diversity here. And so it's, it's, I guess I just find it like really healthy to, to be stepping out of my comfort zone, to be having conversations with people who are not like me, as much as I like people who are like me, which is who we're talking, you know, right now in Zoom, we've got nine yogis around the globe who are live with us in Zoom. And I feel like we share a lot in common, which is great. And it's good to kind of engage in conversations with people who are, who are different. And so I guess that's just, um, yeah, that's where, that's, that's why I love to study. That's, that's why I'm here now. Really no idea where this is going to bring us. Like obviously getting a master of divinity um, I'm not going to get a pay raise. I mean, unless you give me a pay raise, Hanna, you know, it's not like I'm going to get a pay raise. Like I'm, it's really just, we're doing, doing it because really interested in it. Yeah. Maybe like for personal growth, right? Yeah. Like that's what I hear in your share that it, and that would be like what I would say as well. Like ever since the pandemic, I feel like I've been studying as well. Um, and what it's done for me is it's prepared me. Like it, it does shape you in a way, like the way I write or the way I do research, all of those things, um, kind of are then more alive in me. And then I see the world differently. And I would say like, if, you were to ask me why I'm studying is because I'm so fascinated by the growth that happens as a result of that work and why that's re relevant. I think to all of us is because everyone who typically is on these calls are studying to become yoga teachers or meditation teachers or whatever course they are doing. So what I kind of wanted to highlight also is that Yes, you can go the academic route or you like uh, some courses that I take are not in within the university system. Others are. And independently of what kind of institution you study with, the, the end result is growth and expansion. Like you learn new things about yourself, about the world and yourself in it, you know? And then that's like, what I would want to ask you, like, from that perspective, what would you say, like, would be something that you've noticed in yourself of growth or learning or skills or perspectives, like, 
that you see as a result of being in that diverse group at Harvard or yeah. maybe some course that has made an impact on you or a professor or something like where would you say that your growth zone is? Mm, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, immediately what comes to mind when you say that is it and, and, and neuroscience backs this up. It's, it's really just really healthy for our brain to study, to engage, whether it's, you know, learning a new language is like incredibly good for our brain. As you know, Hannah, Hannah speaks seven languages for those who don't know, which is like mind blowing for, you know, most of us. Um, and, and so they say, you know, whether learning a new language or studying, it's just really good and really healthy, healthy for our brain. And, and I noticed that. So one of the, one of the courses I've been studying for really the last three years is Sanskrit because that's the, the language that all of the yoga teachings, all of the yogic texts were written in this language. And mm. on the one side, you know, I, I really want to point out, you know, we don't as yoga teachers or yogis, we don't have to become scholars in Sanskrit in order to be an effective yoga teacher. But on the other hand, I guess someone like myself, who's really committing my whole life, every everything, my 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 personal and my professional and my spiritual everything is wrapped up in this yogic uh, lifestyle so it just felt like something that i wanted to do and and i really noticed the impact like uh, again being in my 40s now i notice i have noticed that my brain was is not as sharp like i i used to be i'm still not bad but i used to be like so quick with math like you know, just doing stuff, multiplying bigger number, like just math. It was just something I could do really quick and really sharp and remember numbers, like remember everybody's phone number off by heart. Uh, it was just something that I was really good at in my twenties. And I noticed as time goes, it kind of starts to slip and I'm not able to do the big multiplication as quickly. And, it, you know, I'm going for the calculator more often. And obviously that's not like, you know, the goal in life to be fast at math but just really more of an observation of what happens when we don't use, right? It's like, if we don't go to the gym and work out a muscle, it's gonna atrophy, it's gonna shrink. And if we don't use our brain, you know, it's also, you know, gonna shrink. That's not the right term, but we're gonna lose, you know, some of those skills, those strengths that we have. And so, you know, that's something that I, I really notice is, is taking the time to, to do the studies and, and all of us can think about that. You know, everybody on the line here with us now, or most of you are a part of Happy Jack Yoga University. So you've done a 200 hour teacher training and you're working on a 300 hour teacher training or one of our shorter courses and just taking the time to, to watch the lectures, to read the readings, to engage with people, to, to, to write reflections, right? That's a big part of our programs, writing a reflection on, on certain questions. And it's just, it, as you know, honey, the neuroscience supports, uh, and as we age, you know, I want to, I want to keep this, this brain up here ticking as long as we can. Yeah. It's, it's stimulating to be in an environment where we are exposed to information that we're interested in. And also like the neuroscience that you're saying, and that's what I meant in the beginning when I say like growth is what, um, is exciting to me about being a student growth and the being in an environment where I'm exposed to learning, right? Simply. Yeah. But then another thing that I, that it makes me think about is the concept of like, 
um, you know, the documentary, we watched a documentary on uh, aging on Netflix. I forget what it's called. About the blue zones. Yeah. Where yeah. like they, they've done lots of research and, and study around these spots on the planet where people live to a hundred and they, and past a hundred and they are doing great. Like they're active members and participants of the society. And, and they, they want to kind of hack the system and understand why in that zone in Japan or in Italy, or even in the States, there are areas where people um, live longer and happier. Like they are, the older people are active. And one of the things that I, that really made an impression on me about it was that they were saying that most of the people who are older, they, I think in Japanese, they call it ikigai is like this purpose or the reason why you get up, like why you get up in the morning. What, what is it like? There's something you want out of life and there's some contribution you were saying about that too when you were talking with Elizabeth about her book, how it is about service in a way for other people, like wanting to share what we learned is part of the, the, one of the main reasons for us, because we are group animals as human beings. One of the reasons and maybe most fulfilling things we can do is to serve other people, even though that is not the right word, but like that, that kind of inner impulse that is so inciting. Like we all jump out of bed in the morning. If we have fulfillment in mind, if, if we think that we have a meaningful life and that's one of the reasons why I was really drawn to yoga and yoga teacher trainings, because I felt like it was more meaningful than just, you know, going to work, feed my kids, go to bed, repeat, you know? like the deeper reason for living and the deeper reason for you at Harvard beyond learning Sanskrit. Like from all these years that I've known you, Jack, and maybe it's just the way I see the world, but it feels to me like the, the growth aspect, like some kind of transcending who you already are and growing into something. And with Harvard divinity, it seems to me like there's a divine aspect to it, right? Mm -hmm. Where you want to understand what God is and what, what the deeper purpose of the whole universe might be. Would that be accurate or? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, that's the beautiful thing. It's, I feel like at this stage of life, things are starting to align, you know, I mean, and you, you, Hannah, are really the one who introduced me to, I mean, of course I had been to India already, but you, you more so brought spirituality into my life through various teachers like Amma, um, but, and then just, you know, books and conversation. And it's of course be, me being who I am, when I find something that I love, I, you know, obsess about it and go very deep. So now to have everything aligning, like studying Sanskrit, you know, the language of yoga, and then and then all of my courses, you know, we're studying like the, the yoga sutras and the Upanishads and yogic spiritual care and, and divinity like uh, Krishna. And so, you know, we're studying about these different yogic principles. 
And then something that I love about the program is I get to do this field education where one of my courses is to connect with a local community and, you know, work there, serve there, contribute there, uh, but also really learn. It's a learning experience. And so to be able to go to the local Bhakti Yoga Temple, you know, as you know, I, I spend Friday evenings, stay the night until Saturday afternoon. And, uh, and it, it almost feels like crazy that I'm earning a credit, earning a degree to go and practice yoga and, and just be in this community and associate with yogis. And anybody who knows me knows I'm just sitting there asking questions. I'm not, I'm not there to tell anybody anything. I'm just asking questions and taking notes and, and hard questions and uncomfortable questions. And, um, you know, and because I am curious about these things, about God, about higher power, I haven't figured it out yet. I, I feel like I know I'm not the center of the universe. I figured that out. There's something bigger and more powerful than me. And so it's like, well, what is this? What is the, what is the point of all this? And and I guess I feel like that's that's part, that's a big part of my purpose right now. And our purpose with Happy Jack Yoga as well is asking these questions, being in this conversation, and and then ultimately creating our life, creating our work somehow aligned with that. Um, you know, because there's that it's like that saying that I heard. I forget where last week. Um, I don't know if it was a podcast or someone at the temple, the the ashram, but about finding. You know, if you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life for your work or your contribution, like really look at what are the things that you love? What are the things that you're good at? And I know it can be easy with, you know, social media these days to see what other people are doing. Like, oh, I want to, I want to do that. I want to be an influencer. I want to be a famous yoga teacher. I want to be a real, I want to, I want to crush it on the real estate market. I want to do this, that. And, and those are all beautiful things to do, but it's like, what do we really love? What do, what are we really good at? And, um, and, and what are we curious about? What are we interested in? You know, like the coming here to study divinity now and ask questions about God and divinity and higher power. I don't know how exactly that's going to fit into our, our yoga community and the work we do. Uh, but it's something that I'm personally curious about. And so, you know, I'm not shoving it down. We're not shoving it down anybody's throat, but we're opening up that dialogue and having those questions. And it's actually been pretty cool. The last few courses that we've run, we can really see the, the interest level that many of the students do have, you know, and, and in our community, right, you'll, you know, she won't mind me saying, but, you know, we've got Susan who really beautifully represented the atheistic standpoint on that last Buddhist psychology and mindfulness course. And we got to really hear her understanding and her perspective from the atheist standpoint. And, uh, you know, and then others in the community who are resonating with whether it's Buddhism or Christianity uh, or Hinduism or the yoga philosophies and just be in this conversation to learn from one another. I think that that's- Yeah, and not just learn from one, one another, but also I think we can all relate. We can all think, is it really true? Like what this- tradition teaches and how it interprets the role of God and, and how the universe was made. Like we all have that part. I think most of us that says, but really like, and, and that could be agnostic too, like not just atheist, but just not always knowing like that's part of the searching, I think. And I wouldn't you agree. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm somewhere in that, that path of, 
that agnostic to, to figuring out what is the truth. And, and sometimes, you know, I guess I, I think it's important to experience different practices and, you know, be mindful. We don't have to give our life to it and commit to something for the rest of our life, but just, you know, exposing ourselves to different traditions and different practices. Uh, but sometimes I ask myself, I'm like, am I crazy? Like, seriously, you know, you know, I get up at 4am every day. So I'm like over here rolling around on my yoga mat, doing stretches. Yes, and you yeah. are crazy. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. But sometimes crazy it's good to be, be a okay. little crazy. That's right. And, and so I'm rolling around doing the yoga practices and chanting mantras and, and, and studying Sanskrit, which sometimes to me, it's like, you know, I spend at least one hour a day, usually about two hours every day, studying Sanskrit, which is a language, by the way, that is not spoken. So I'm never going to be able to speak it. I'm never going to be able to converse with anybody. It's not a spoken language. It's only for translating texts. Uh, by the way, even three years in, I can't, I can barely do anything with the Bhagavad Gita. Thank you for sharing that. And would you mind sharing how many hours a day, did you just say like one hour a day you study full on, like sometimes more, right? Like the amount of hours thus far you've used with that. And not to say it's not worth it because you're, there is obviously a deeper reason for you to do that. But yeah, it's kind of like when you look at it from different perspectives, like, am I crazy to dedicate this much time to learn a language that I won't speak? Yeah. <laughs> Except with it. other scholars, maybe. Yeah. Well, I know you can't even speak it with them. It's literally not a spoken language. It's no, only but like reading. you'll discuss words yeah. and. No, for sure. Like I, I can remember like vividly, you know, you and I would be out at the bunkie, right? This is a little cabin actually my parents are living at right now because their house burnt down. So they're living in this little bunkie uh, just around the corner from their house. And we would go there, Hanna, you know, and spend weeks there during the summer. And I can remember sitting there spending hours and hours on a beautiful sunny day studying Sanskrit, you know, cause I was, I was in a course, you know, I had homework to do. And again, I'd be like, am I crazy to do this? Like what? A, and uh, you know, there's countless examples of, things that I've, you know, quote unquote, given up to, to do this, but there's somehow it just, it, it feels right. It feels really healthy for the brain. It feels uh, interesting. Um, I, I don't have like some clearly defined goal of like, I'm not going to go become some scholar who's translating texts, but I guess I have this, this inner desire to, to understand, you know, when we're chanting mantras, whatever that mantra is, to, to really understand it just at a deeper level. Um, yeah, and I guess that I, we don't know where this is gonna take us. I mean, if we go if we were to go back 10 years ago, Hanna, it's just about pretty soon we'll celebrate 10 year anniversary since we met. We never would have guessed we'd be here doing what we're doing, right? Like you coming back to the idea of, of studying, like you, you studied graphic design. That's, you know, you, you had a business, Perfect White, you know, you were a co-owner, you had this business, you were doing graphic design, then all of a sudden you meet this long-haired hippie and and decide to do yoga teacher training. And you just never know what'll happen. Yeah. The name of that business was under discussion already 15 years ago. I did not invent it. <laughs> Disclaimer. But yes, uh-huh. I studied graphic design and then, you know, I kind of re- in like re I always wanted to go back to university and back to studying 
And for me, the way to do that was through yoga. And it seems like for you as well, like you just go deeper into the yoga and then you want to study more and, and that's natural and normal, I guess, for many of us. And some people don't feel the call to do that, but yeah, I don't know. Was there a question for me in that? Yeah, I just wanted to just really point out the fact that you, you know, we sometimes in life, we make these, these changes, right? Like mm-hmm. if we look at my mom, for example, like she, and I, I seem to be on a similar path, but like when she was 20, she studied to become a dental technician. And then she did that like from the age of 20 to 40. And at the age of 40 with a young family, she, she went off to teacher's college <clears throat> to become a school teacher. She felt this calling to do something different. And she did that from like 40 to 60. And then at the age of 60, 10 years ago, uh, found, found this uh, yoga, Feldenkrais, which is like a very, uh, it's, a, it's a practice, a physical practice, like a, a gentle yoga, you could say, mm-hmm. and, and did a ton of certification on that. And so it's like, we, we find these things at different stages of life. And I think it's, it's good to be curious and it's good to shake things up and try things different. Um, I mean, something that I'm aware of, you know, if I just kind of put out there, because you know this about me, Hanan, it's good for all of us to remember the importance of balance. So if I were to say, you know, one thing uh, that I can work on is, is still having some relaxing time because living with me, as you know, Hanna, it's like, it's like a boot camp, and it's a good boot camp, and everything is exceptionally healthy. Like, it's like, whoa, it's like every, every moment of the day is accounted for and planned for, but it's all like spiritual practices or physical fitness or studying or, you know, or, or serving, being with our community, uh, and, and we love it all. And yet it's important to also make sure that we get the downtime, which is enough sleep, enough rest, enough nourishment, um, all of those things. So that's something that, that, that I'm working on. What, what, what is your perspective? Cause you and I, in a sense, uh, in, which is really good to have that balance uh, are different, right? You, I love that you can just be more spontaneous, go with the flow, really be more intuitive, listen to what you need. You know, what, what has your experience been with regards to, with your studies, with your work, with you got a lot going on in life right now with your home, um, finding that balance and finding that, that rest time. Yeah, that's what I think balance means to me is to also follow my intuition and not only a you know a boot camp plan that because life is not every day is not the same, right? We don't wake up the same every day. And so I would I feel like I even went to therapy for many years to learn how to how to take care of myself according to what I need that day, <laughs> depending on the energy levels and and all of that, like, it's surprisingly hard to, to be mindful or even be aware of what else we need other than rigidity and structure. Cause sometimes there's the other end of like, that is that, Oh, if I'm just going with the flow, then do I get everything done? Like where that's the balance is defined both right and i assume that's your question as well and yeah. and the, the, for me what i've noticed is that it doesn't always feel like balance 
that I need to rest or that I will do the thing tomorrow that I had planned to do today. But, but it is balanced because otherwise I would be disrespectful to my nervous system and to my energy. Like it's, it's a navigating thing. It's not fixed for me the way I, I tend to be more intuitive maybe. And and I'm sure I'm naturally like that, but I do know that I had to learn in therapy when I was overwhelmed and super exhausted in the early days of grief and loss and depression, I had to learn that you don't hit a tired horse, you know, like you need to rest and restore. But in like, as of today, where I would not identify as someone who's depressed or navigating grief in that way, um, knowing what I need is not automatic. Like that's why I need the contemplative way of existing in the world, whether I journal or not, whether I do yoga or not, I need to be in contact with what I'm actually feeling. And that might need some time. Like the world wouldn't give you the time because we need to be somewhere on time and the dog needs to go out and all of the things, um, that's where the yoga practice becomes something that's alive in me that isn't maybe as, you know, we learned how to become your yoga teachers or meditation teachers. And we know we need to engage in those practices in order to guide others. But then when you keep, keep practicing, it becomes, and I know this sounds also like a cliche, it becomes who you are. Then I become more and more, familiar with my own self and you know how I'm sometimes I'm not like then I call you Jack and I said okay I'm overwhelmed I need to guidance I need some coaching I need someone to someone else's pair of eyes and someone else's nervous system look at the situation with me and then reassess and find out the right course of action for me and sometimes it could be that you say no Hannah just go rest don't deal with that now, start fresh tomorrow. Or, or you could say, just do five things like this. And then like, it's balance isn't a fixed state (laughs) Mm. is what I kind of notice in my life. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I mean, you shared so many great things there. One of the things with regards to working with your therapist, now I'm excited to share Today at 2 p.m., I'm having my first therapy appointment uh, with a, a new therapist that, you know, Hunda and I, we got to meet a few weeks ago. She seems fantastic. Um, I, you know, I've tried uh, a couple different therapists in the past and, and I'm sure they're great. I'm, they're very professional and it just wasn't quite the right, the right fit. You know, we just didn't share kind of the same yeah, just didn't feel like the right fit. And, and so I'm excited to begin that journey, begin that re- relationship. Hanna, you know, I need it as, as we all in our own way, right? We're a little crazy. And do um, you know you need it? <laughs> uh, but like, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Cause I think you, you're, you're uh, the suggesting it more than myself, but I trust you. That's the key. You, you recognize the value that just having an outside conversation, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a coach, whatever it is, there's so much value in that. And you've had that yourself and you're also studying therapy. So you're aware of um, the potential of that. And I trust you. I mean, cause, cause you're, you're right. If I, if completely honest, 
I, I think I'm all good. It's all, you know, things are just rolling, but you know, you, uh, you're a great mirror to help me recognize where I'm not and I've got work to do. Yeah, um, maybe there are some areas to work with someone that you can deeply trust, like your new therapist, yeah. you, you know, and you'll discover if, if you want to keep doing it, of course. Yeah. For yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, coming back to what you're talking about with regard to finding the balance, like in the one side, um, you know, the environment that I have here, the structure, the boot camp, you can call it, it works really well because, you know, I, I've got it set up. So I get eight hours sleep every night. That's really important. So eight hours sleep every night, the proper nutrition, really high vibe, healthy food every day, um, all the yoga practices and the spiritual practices. And then all every other spare moment is like either studying with Harvard Divinity School or Happy Jack Yoga. And so it's like it's I basically need every one of those moments. You know, there's no there's no pizza nights and Netflix nights. And, and, and I miss those. And I look forward to December, January when I'm back in Muskoka and we get to enjoy some of those because I know that those are important as well. Uh, but right now, with with the responsibilities and the commitments I have, it works well to have this structure. Uh, that being said, you know, my brother and my nephew are coming to visit in a few weeks and we're going to have a blast. We're going to see a hockey game. We got, you know, some really fun stuff planned. And part of me inside is a little bit stressing, a little bit freaking out, you know, because it's like, you know, I, it's, I, I just don't have it in me to skip class. I don't have it in me to half-ass assignments. I don't have it, you know, so it's like, and, and the same with our community, right? I'm not just going to, thankfully, you know, you'll, you'll help cover and the team will help cover some of the things, but there, it does cause a little bit of stress when, when something new comes into the routine, into the environment. But the reality is in a sense, and yoga is how I'm not really, I'm not like freaking out, but it's just, I'm trying to figure out my mind how to make it all work. Um, but the reality is these kinds of things are going to happen. And sometimes Sometimes it's a good thing, like a family, like your brother coming to visit. Sometimes it's not like your, your house catches on fire or we, uh, the death of a loved one. These things are coming for all of us. And so, um, I, yeah, I guess coming back to yoga and, and the studying and this work and the discipline and the practice just really helps to prepare us for those things. And, and we do our best mm -hmm. and we're not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we mess up. I mess up lots. Mm -hmm. So another Harvard question, if we still have a few moments that I wanted to ask you is like, now that you're a student at Harvard, what's hard and what's easy mm. for you? Well, I mean, what's easy is doing the things that I love. I love, I'm at, I'm at a place in life, this was not always the case, but like everything, every responsibility that I have is something that I genuinely love. I love being here with all of you on this podcast. I love leading yoga teacher training on Sundays. I love leading the business of yoga call on Thursday. Uh, I love that the studies, you know, it's so what's easy is the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, thinking back to when I had a, a, a different career and different jobs and I, and I just had to do some things I didn't want to do. I guess what's hard would be coming back to, to what I said is finding that, finding that balance. And I'm a Libra, 
and I don't know much about signs, but I know the sign of Libra is like a scale. So it probably has something to do with balance. And so it's, I guess for me, it's, you know, finding the right balance of how much to, to dive into my studies, how much to dive into our work that we do together, how much to dive into spirituality and these, you know, spiritual questions. Um, and then also making the time for socializing and and family and these kinds of things like that's one thing it's like i love i love the routine i love life right now and at the same time i miss i miss being back home with you with my family with my siblings with my nephews my parents who are going through a lot with their house so it's like i um and so i guess for me sometimes figuring out what's the what's the right balance should I be flying home this weekend to help my parents because they're like emptying out their house? Maybe I should be. Um, but also I have like a lot of commitments here of things that I love. So maybe maybe that's the hard thing of like knowing the right thing to do. Um, and, and that also comes down to when it comes to the divinity conversation of like knowing what is the right practice. You know, there's people in my life who are, who are Christian, for example, that would really want me I'm walking that Christian path and I love Jesus and I'm also exploring some other um, paths and traditions and practices as well, but I don't know. I don't, anybody out there of you that does know like so much respect for you. And so, you know, I just, I love that and I'm inspired by you. Um, and so I guess for me, the hardest thing is, is doing these things and uh, trying out these different things and, and, but not really knowing, am I doing the right thing or am I crazy? <laughs> yes. And both yeah. <laughs> like they say, faith is a gift. And I think maybe balance is a gift too. I don't know. Creating balance is, is I guess what life is. That's like living a full life means trying to balance things right but that's really beautiful what you shared that what's easy and what's hard i really appreciate that it was very like a big picture but well-rounded and it's really interesting you're what you're saying what you is that what you do you love what you do and what's hard is to know if you're doing the right thing, if the priorities are right at like in the different situations, mm -hmm. that's a very good question. I'm sure all of us could ask ourselves if we're making the right choices and, and what the deeper motivations of each choice is. Yeah. A very good question. Yeah. Good what would journaling you, question here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Put call to action for everybody. And <laughs> if you're listening, if you're here with us live, um, let's, let's think about that. Like, what is, what are the things that we love? What are the things that we're good at? What are the things that maybe could come back into balance? Um, what are the things that we don't know? And I think, you know, honestly, I don't think that we're super unique. I'm sure that's kind of the, the human experience is not to know everything mm -hmm. um, and to, but it's really, I feel like what I love about this community, you know, when we get to right now at the podcast, but when we meet in here and we get to connect with all of the yogis, 
is that we can just be in this conversation together. We can be, you know, it's and coming back to being a teacher and being a student. I feel like when we're leading yoga teacher training, when we're leading our programs, yeah, okay, we put together the content and the lectures, but I feel like I'm very much a student in those conversations and learning from the shares, learning from the questions, uh, getting to share my own vulnerabilities. Uh, and it's like, that's, that's the beautiful thing about this, you know, being a yoga teacher is you get to just get to keep, you get to keep being a student. You get to yeah. keep doing that deeper work. And I'll, maybe I'll just quit in these last few moments, quickly share. Uh, next week, Hana Yoga Nidra is, uh, is happening. Uh, would you just share in like 30 seconds, because this is a 25 hour course. We run it each year. It's happening next week, Monday to Friday, or you can do it at your own pace. Um, it's in the shortest form, it's yogic sleep. Who doesn't want to sleep like a yogi? Um, what is in, in 20 or 30 seconds, what's yoga nidra and why? I know I need it, but why, why should we, why should we be there? Well, yoga nidra is really fascinating. You often call it yogic sleep and that's what the actual words mean. I assume in Sanskrit, Nidra is probably yeah. Sanskrit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. what it really is and the way we use it in the world today is that it's a meditation technique. And it's a really great meditation technique because it's great for new beginners and those who are like, quote unquote, not good at meditating because it's, it's guided and you get to relax and close your eyes. And, and when someone guides you through it, you kind of drop in and out probably in the beginning. And then once you get used to it, you can really tune in and it takes you this type of meditation takes you to different states of being and also research shows it's really good for your brain. And it's kind of, I, I'm sure we talked about it on some of the episodes, how um, sleeping, but not going into the deeper states of sleep is more rejuvenating than eight hour sleeps. So a couple of minutes of yoga nidra really reset, like if you're jet lagged or exhausted or overwhelmed, um, it's or have anxiety issues it's a fantastic way to reset your nervous system and and bounce out of that meditation and feel energized and uplifted and sometimes even enlightened awesome i love it i know it's uh, it's it's a beautiful practice it's one of one of my many practices is you know 10 minutes after lunch to to just go lay down and and listen to one of those recordings that you've created so if anybody's interested, send us an email, course happening next week. Uh, of course, the 200-hour Heroes Journey just kicked off this week. Uh, it's not too late to join. If anybody feels inspired to, to do the foundational yoga teacher training, send us an email at info at happyjackyoga.com. Um, also, just want to say thank you to all of the yogis who are here with us live in Zoom. Danica, Diana, Elizabeth, Jewel, Sandra, Tammy, mm -hmm. Allison, Scott, you know, it's, it's such an honor to have you here live with us and be able to, to see you. Um, and whenever you got to go off video, you know, please do that as well. But thank you for being here. Uh, if, if anybody uh, in the, the greater community um, feels in, uh, inspired to support this mission, this new mission, I'm just going to put the link in the chat. Uh, no pressure ever. But we created a Patreon uh, account, and what that does, we we put some some bonus, really cool yogic content in there. A complete beginner's guide to yoga, 
a ton of a ton of yoga and pranayama breathing and meditation and yoga nidra and yin yoga and restorative yoga a lot of really cool content um, and for the price of a, a cup of coffee per month uh, you unlock all of this amazing content so if you feel inspired uh, we we appreciate the support mm-hmm. so we keep this podcast rolling um, but really thank you Hannah. thank you for co-creating happy jack yoga co-creating this podcast this was number three um i feel i feel better than number two i feel yeah. like this was, i feel like this was better and still we're going to figure out how to keep making it better mm-hmm. thanks everyone for being here love yeah. you guys Make an amazing rest of the day. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, everyone.